Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the fifth episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall. And we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we will give you our thoughts on every single NFC team and how they did during the 2022 NFL draft. First, though, uh, dude, that music gets me pumped in the beginning. I, I like these tunes we got from Flatline. It is good stuff. I uh, They have a bunch of songs that we were thinking about that are really nice, but this one here really sets the tent. I enjoy yeah, it. I agree. Uh, I do have a question for you. We got the we got the schedule for the international games. How do you feel about them? I looked at them all quickly. I'll be honest, I do not have them all memorized. I find them foolish, pointless. If I was the home team, I would be livid especially if I had season tickets and I still just don't really get the point but you know whatever Roger Goodell doesn't really consult me so I don't fully agree I understand the reasoning behind it wanting to grow the brand even though you're you could not be bigger in the United States you're mm -hmm. billions and billions of dollars you want to grow it worldwide I get it um I agree with you though I don't want my team to lose a home game if my team's playing a, if they're the visiting team in, you know, England or Germany, Mexico City, that matters less to me. Um, again, especially if I was a season ticket holder, like you said. One thing I don't understand is why are they playing divisional games over there? That would really bother. Even my team was visiting team. I, I don't think the card like the Cardinals and the 49ers are playing Mexico City. That's a huge game for both of those fan bases. And most of them aren't going to get to see it. Uh, that I do not agree with. Well, not only that, you're stealing a home game. Correct. In, in divisional games, I mean, how often do you have that one and one? Actually, it's every year, but, you know, the home team wins both games back and forth. And now all of a sudden, one team still gets to have their home game. The other team doesn't. I just, I don't like it. I don't really like anything about it. I got nothing against the rest of the world. I just don't see the overall point. It just seems... Like we're doing this just for the sake of doing it. Yes, I don't like I, nine o'clock in the morning fantasy games either. That's it, it feels that way. Uh, I agree. Uh, I, I don't mind the occasional all day football. Uh, I don't need it four times a year, but I got to take, I'm, I'm ready to ring your bell already. Okay. Please do. How about this? Tom Brady has a chance to have the ultimate all-time flex on the commissioner of a sport because they picked the Buccaneers to go play in Germany. And you know, Roger Goodell told all of his people, give the Buccaneers an international game. We need to flaunt Tom Brady. It's his last year. He's going to retire. They're going to get a ton extra money for it because everyone wants to see Tom Brady. Imagine if Brady's like, mm, nah, I'm good, and doesn't travel with the team, doesn't go to Germany, doesn't play in the international game. Goodell would lose his mind. Brady gets to have the last laugh for all the punishments Goodell handed down with deflate gate and all that other stuff. And then Tom Brady can sail off in the sun sunset with maybe a Super Bowl championship and definitely a 10 year, $370 million contract with Fox sports. Yep. Three, three, what was it? 37.5 mil a year. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he's making more to call games than play games. Correct. 
But Madness. tell me that wouldn't be the, the ultimate flex from it a player. Be cool. to it'd, be, it'd be cooler than that so. commercial he had back there. Remember the commercial during his little four-game band? He was sitting like at a diner, and these two guys are talking. They don't realize Tom Brady's beside him. And he talks about all the foolishness that led up to it. Like, this leads into that. This leads into that. And that all leads to a vacation. <laughs> And he just flaws off. He's hanging out in Mexico, chilling with the fam, like a total joke. It just, everything about that was so great. But yeah, it'd be awesome if he did that. But I, I, I'd be surprised. I don't, I think the competitive fire is a little too great for him to bail on his team. Uh, no, uh, I, I think so too. But uh, he, he has the ammunition if he feels like pulling the trigger on that one. If anybody does, I assume you've seen that. When he they started doing the schedule, did you see this? The NFL had a schedule pretty much ready. Then Brady unretired, and they started over. Didn't know. Yeah. Well, they so had to sure because of book, be plenty yeah. of primetime games. We had to capitalize mm-hmm. on what might be his last season again. But yeah, they redid the schedule because Brady unretired. He's a goat, man. The NBA would do the same thing for Michael Jordan. Yeah. If Michael Jordan came back right now, they would do it for him. Well, why wouldn't they? Moneymaker. So, you know, on, on to that, you're right. I mean, like, how many people – I would love to be able to see Brady just once. I never have. It was the same mm-hmm. thing with Jordan. I never saw him with the Bulls. But when he came back for that little stint with the Wizards, like, I have to be able to someday say I saw Michael Jordan. I go down. It's the game he started off 0 for 16 from the field. 0 for 16. When he finally made a basket in the, uh, in the sec- beginning of the second half, he bowed to the crowd and clapped for himself. The place went crazy. <laughs> of course, that's the game I go to, but it's the same thing. Everybody wants to see Brady. So why wouldn't they capitalize on it? But to completely redo the schedule. It, I love it. I mean, that's just nuts. Well, speaking of all-time greats, if you're if you're watching the video, uh, which obviously you are, Kevin, you didn't mention anything. I'm, I'm rocking a Barry Sanders jersey. I saw on Twitter see, I today. I see your pretty beard. I couldn't see the I numbers. gotcha. The um, I don't know if it's CBS fantasy football or something like that. They posted a thing on Twitter today. What was the very first jersey that you ever had? And this was the very first jersey. I had this bad boy in seventh grade. Nice. Um, I'm a hundred pounds heavier than I was in seventh grade. Somehow I can still get it get it on. But uh figured I'd rock that tonight. I like it. My second all-time favorite back if I was starting a an all-time team. Uh and Bo Jackson's your number one, right? You better believe it, brother. Uh speaking of running backs. Uh, we have, to the chagrin of every fantasy player out there, the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, who have signed Sony Michelle, which they already have Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, and Miles Gaskin. So it's like their head coach, Mike McDaniel, who used to be Kyle Shanahan's offensive coordinator, was like, all right, Shanahan, I'll take your three-headed backfield, now raise you one. It's just – it's oh, and to, uh, not to be outdone, your Ravens, who have Gus Edwards and – um, oh, who's their stud from Ohio State? Why can't I think of his name right now? Also, towards ACL last year. Yes. Who is it? I'm letting you figure that one out, big boy. Okay. Well, anyway, him and Mike Davis, because they just signed Mike Davis now. I don't. I don't get it. I hate it. I hate. I hate every second of it. Why? Because I, 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 as a fantasy – now, look, real football, it's fine. I, That's it's what I'm saying, okay. Well, if you're going fantasy, yes. From the Ravens' standpoint, especially with Dobbins and JK, um, thank Gus you. coming off ACL tears. And last year, they went in healthy, and look what happened. It, it just obliterated the team, and Justice Hill went out too. It's a right. brilliant football move from both teams. You have depth. 
you have guys that you can interchange everybody. You have a healthy guy all the time. And if one guy goes down, you still got two or three backs to go. From a fantasy standpoint, it's one of the hair pullers. We all lose our minds. They're useless players. You hope you're that guy that you pick him up in the last round of the draft, next to last round, and that type, and an auction, get him for the minimum, and hope the others all get hurt. You and I hate sitting here hoping players get hurt, but it's part of fantasy. You, you got that guy on the bench that you know he's the next man up, man. That can make a it can make us a, a season for some people. These injuries, and then you have these guys. So, so from a football standpoint, brilliant fantasy junk. Junk. You ready to jump in these NFC teams? I'm ready if you are. Let's do it. All right, my man. We'll we'll start with the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys. They had nine picks, I believe. They took in the first round Tyler Smith, offensive tackle from Tulsa. Sam Williams, D-end from Ole Miss in the second. Then they followed with wide receiver Jalen Tolbert, tight end Jake Ferguson, tackle Matt Waletsko, cornerback Deron Bland, linebacker from LSU, Damon Clark, John Ridgeway, a defensive tackle, and Devin Harper, a linebacker. Um, this, for me, this whole, this draft was just kind of blah. Uh, they lost Lyle Collins and left guard Connor Williams in the offseason, which – you know, I think that, that made them reach for Smith. I know Jerry Jones showed the camera his uh, his player list, and they had Tyler Smith way up there. But no, it just seems like a lots of lots of gambles for me. The aforementioned Tyler Smith, I mean, he needs a lot of technical work, and he had problems with penalties, which is not good for a team who had the most penalties in the league last year. Um, Edge Sam Williams say hey, he has off the field issues. Clark probably won't even play this year. I don't know. This was very close to my to my worst draft. Yeah, I gave them a C plus. It's like their entire draft would be great if the whole thing was one round later. Everything, like almost to a T, was just maybe a, a reach of at least a half a round. I, I don't really get it. Yeah, Clark just had spinal fusion surgery. He, he's wow. something I've had. You can't, how are you going to play football after that? You know, he, you need a good year just for that to heal or you're going back in. Williams, decent edge rusher. Tolbert, just a Gallup clone. I, I just don't see what they've done. How did this make them better? It made them, at best, what they were. But I can't see how any of this really addressed anything to, to make them an actual better team. We already had the highest scoring offense in the league. You know, number one ranked offense in yardage and points. Uh so, so, you know, you have that, but now we got to replace Mari Cooper. I, I just don't – I don't get the whole thing. And, you know, I don't like to gamble. And that's – I mean, that's what they did. I mean, I went through three or four of their picks that – I mean, we're rolling the dice here, especially with your first and second-round pick. That's it. That's not the, that's not the way late, I build Not team. early. Right. Correct. Correct. <laughs> or, I mean, if you really want to gamble early, which, again, isn't my style, but do it whenever you're a Super Bowl contender. Which I don't. They won the NFC East last year. I get it, but they weren't even the only team from the NFC East to make the playoffs. So it's not like they're head and shoulders above everybody else at the, in in their division because they're not. So I don't know why you're gambling that often throughout the draft. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense as you and I were watching the draft. The picks didn't make sense. Now that we've had time to really look everything over, it still makes no sense. It maybe makes less sense now. So uh, I get they had a plan. They did their thing. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out. 
Uh, and I'm not I'm not going to name every player from every draft that no, this no would bore yeah. most of our listeners. So uh, we'll move on to the Giants. They opened and we talked about them a lot on when we going over the first round stuff because they had two first round picks, but they took Kayvon Thibodeau edge from Oregon. They took Evan Neal at seven overall. Thibodeau was at five in the second round. Um, they had Wandale Robinson wide receiver at 43. They also took a cornerback Cordell Flott later in the draft. Um, one guy that I actually enjoyed was San Diego state tight end Daniel Bellinger. I thought that was all right. And then their last pick, that they had was Cincinnati linebacker Darian Beavers. Uh, Cincinnati had quite a few guys get drafted, which I thought was pretty cool because, you know, you don't really think of Cincinnati as being a powerhouse. Obviously, they're in the college football playoffs this year, but um, I think they got lucky with Thibodeau and Neal at five and seven. A lot of folks didn't expect either one of them to be at that particular spot where they got drafted. Then I feel like the wheels kind of fell off there with Wondell Robinson. I think I mentioned in our last show that he's basically a Canarius Tony clone. So they have two of the same player on the team now. Uh, Bellinger's big. He tested well. He does need to become a better blocker. Um, I think Beavers at pick 182, I think it's a pretty good get because he's going to be a solid special teamer with the possibility of maybe being a two-down thumper linebacker. Yeah, what you said was exactly right. I actually have that written down. First two picks were glorious. Like you said, nobody would have necessarily said they could have both been going before that, before even right. number five. But then the wheels came off. You are right. Uh, Robinson went at least a full round ahead of where, where he should have. He's five feet eight. He's fast. But why? What was the point? You already have 13 receivers on your team. 13, as we discussed, for 13 for the highest receiving core salary in the league the most against the cap for this coming season. So what, what was the point? Um, well, now one thing we, what we want to mention, uh, they released James Bradbury, which is going to make Mr. Cordell Flott most likely an immediate starter. How's he going to do with that third round pick number 81 LSU? Obviously he's played against some good receivers, but he's probably going to be thrust into a starting role right from the beginning. It's a good division to do it in because they don't exactly, aside from Dallas, you know, they're, they're not super uh, flourishing with the passing games. Your, your boy likes to run a little too much. I'm, I, he's a great quarterback, and fantasy-wise, he's heavenly, but I, the, the Philly passing attack doesn't exactly frighten me. They all have good ones, right? We, yeah. we got CeeDee Lamb. We got A.J. Brown oh, now, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute, and, and Terry McLaurin. Yeah, if he's going right. to follow but, them around. But yeah, uh, I mean, he's essentially that what I'm saying is he's going to be thrust into starting well right away. Whether it's uh, it's a tough spot to be in. I, I don't right what he where he's going to play on the field. We don't know, but he's probably going to be playing right away. I don't want to say I don't envy it because obviously I'd much rather be studying my NFL playbook right now than uh, doing this podcast with you. No offense to you um, personally, but uh, but wrong. but but if I was an NFL cornerback, I would not envy his position. Just like I said, it depends who's he covering. Is he going to be following number ones all around the field, or is he just a guy that they're going to put in where they need him? Are they going to play a little zone? What are they going to do? I don't know. Um, so my Eagles next, they had a wild ride. I think going into the draft, they had 10 picks, and they ended up only using five yeah. because they had so many trades jumping around. They did early on acquire an extra first round pick for next year from the Saints. 
Uh, during the draft, they jumped up from 15 to 13 to nab Jordan Davis, the big old defensive tackle from Georgia. And second round, they made one of my favorite picks, which is very odd because Philadelphia is not known for having great drafts. But they took center Cam Jurgens, who right behind Tyler Linderbaum is probably the best center uh, in this draft. Then they get hopefully the steal of the century in linebacker Nicobe Dean from Georgia in the third at 83 overall. The dude was a top 10, top 12, top 15 at the worst talent in the draft. Then they take another linebacker, Kyron Johnson, and follow it up with a tight end, Grant Calcaterra. And I think that's a very interesting pick because the Eagles love to do two tight end sets. And Calcaterra is a pass catching guy. He's not much for blocking, but um, he, uh, I think that'll be interesting to get him lined up out there with Dallas Goddard. Uh, and then obviously during the draft, they traded away a first round pick to Tennessee for AJ Brown, which is obviously an enormous get for a team that has been dying for a number one, a true big time number one receiver for a long time. Right. So we can pretty much call that a sixth pick. Uh, you know, the, the draft right. slots that got that. So it's essentially six players. But yeah, I gave them an A. This is awesome. I mean, the only reason I probably didn't give them an A plus is because you got to really earn that. And if they could have somehow got a couple more people here and there that they'd be able to fill into some roles. But again, Jordan Davis, I know you're not high, but I I can't find anything out of Philly, out of anywhere that doesn't that they just adore this guy. Like they they consider oh, yeah. him a can't miss. Um, we'll find out. Jurgen's definitely the number two center. Did they need it? Maybe not. But as you discussed, yeah. Kelsey. You don't know. He may retire tomorrow. He might retire in three years. Either way, he's going to learn from him. So he's the guy for the next Correct. 10 years. And, so and, that, and, that's great there. And then the Kobe Dean, I've researched, researched again. The big thing is a lot of executives said the neck thing was actually minor. They're more, their bigger worry is they think he's too little. They don't think Correct. he's going to hold up to it. He's going to be quick, fast, but they just think he's going to get bull rust and run over. And just not, I don't think that. You don't think that because we both, think he's got such a high football IQ, such a leader that he can overcome. He should be that he should be probably about 20 pounds heavier. So, and then you get AJ Brown on top of it. We hope that it turns out a lot better than Mr. Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, we're going to find out on that. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not as huge on this as you are simply because of Philly's history with it. And I still don't entirely trust Jalen hurts throwing. Uh, one thing I found interesting with the A.J. Brown thing is he came out, from what I understand, and said he would have stayed in Tennessee for $22 million a year. Yep. Now, Philly gave him 25 but he would have taken a hometown discount. They weren't willing to do that. No, they wouldn't go um, above 18 Correct. Uh, and I have actually an interesting thing about that. So how could Tennessee go out and pay A.J. Brown twenty? 20 million, 22 million a year, whenever they know that Derrick Henry is the guy in that offense. So AJ Brown, I mean, could they put Derrick Henry in a situation where he knows he's the guy, he's the man, but he walks around the locker room as not getting paid like he's the man? AJ Brown would be getting paid like he's the guy when in actuality it's Derrick Henry. Would that rock the boat in the locker room at all? Maybe. I, I think most running backs have accepted now that the wide receiver market is just out of this world and doesn't make a whole lot of sense and that there's no way they're going to pay a running back that kind of money. 
Uh, I mean, I, I like your thought there, but no, I, I don't. I don't think that would have caused a lot of a lot of turmoil necessarily. Okay. I think, if anything, he's probably a little annoyed that this brilliant receiver is now going. So now more of it's on me, and we don't have this threat anymore that's going to alleviate some pressure. And what we don't know what Derrick Henry's coming back. He'll probably be a beast. But how old is Henry now? Twenty eight. He's got to be twenty nine. Yeah. I- We'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Um. Another thing, when you were going through and you were grading these drafts, you you gave Eagles an A partly because of that trade for AJ Brown, right? That is absolutely correct. Otherwise, yeah. I it still would have been a minus B plus anyway, just because of so few picks. But adding adding that for some, right? They didn't really but, have to give up a whole heck of a lot to make this happen. I I, I know. It's a great deal. Um, but so and I'm hearing that a lot. I mean, everyone I hear from or read about, they all say the same thing, just like you said. Are they also and are you also taking into account Miami, their draft and the Raiders draft? Are you counting the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill acquisitions and theirs? Because I'm not hearing as many people say, oh, Miami had a great draft because they use picks for Tyreek Hill. You know what I'm saying? Or is it because they had to use so many future picks? It doesn't really count. I have not really fully factored that in. What what I've gone with so far is nothing had to do with like free agent signings. So that has nothing to do with this other than you might have picked things differently. So I didn't count any of that. It matters a little bit what you've given up, but I didn't factor in a whole lot the future. More just yeah. what did this draft net us and how's it going to be used for this year? And I, I counted this because it was during the draft, like literally in it. It was practically they drafted A.J. Brown. They could have just drafted another receiver, not done any of this. So I did factor in anything that happened during the draft. Got it. So move on to the Washington Commanders to finish up the NFC East. Their first pick were, after trading back was Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, which I think was a reach right from the get-go. And then their second round pick was Fedarian Mathis, a big D tackle from Alabama. Then they followed up with another Alabama player. Boy, Washington loves Alabama players. Absolutely loves them. Running back Brian Robinson. Uh, Really the only player of note, in my opinion, was Sam Howe, quarterback for North Carolina, in the fifth round at 144 overall. There were folks mocking him at the tail end of the first round and he goes to pick 144 uh that is a whole whole uh conversation in and of itself separate from this just the fact that he, the quarterbacks in general especially him fell so far but i mean i, I think that's actually a good pick for them brian robinson the third i think he's going to kill antonio gibson i think he's probably a good pick for real football but overall very lackluster draft I mean, they they address some needs, but I don't think they got real high quality players with those with those picks. Yeah, a lot of this makes no sense. I gave them a C. Uh, Dots in there. I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. There was He's others there very, that I would have taken oh, over right. him. That's it. That's it. He's Seems a very like good. a sharp guy. He just graduated. I'm sure everybody now seen the story that he was going to skip because he didn't want to miss a day of rookie camp. And uh, what's the name? <laughs> coach Ron Rivera yes Ron Rivera 
forced him to go to graduation. I, have you seen that? I haven't, but I've heard him in a Maybe few interviews. Going, I believe. You are going, you're going. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Get your butt up there, go to your graduation. So that's pretty that's cool. It. But that's great. Oh yeah. The Brian Robinson thing. You have so many needs. Your, your team is so terrible. Why? Why does why do they hate Antonio Gibson so much? You and I, it drives us nuts. When he came out, you and I were just like, who is this yoke? Well, we're tired of hearing about this guy. We started seeing him going in the sixth, fifth round of drafts this rookie year. And he Fancy is drafts. straight up. I'll admit he's completely straight up proving us wrong because the dude is legit. Why do yeah. you want to take him off the field? I don't understand. Is Robinson just there to pound in touchdowns? Well, they signed um, J.D. McKissick back also. So yeah, so he's they back have, to catch passes. It's their, it's their same one-two punch they had last year. you got to think both those players are going to improve, so it should be even better than it was last year. Are you trying to save Antonio Gibson? If so, why? Why so early, though? You could have got a decent backup for him two rounds later. Correct. If, if, all, if all you're really looking for is to spell him. But back to Sam Howell, there's – some in the football world that would say if he had gone out last year, not just the top three, but the top four picks in last year's draft would have been quarterbacks. He decides to stay, didn't do a whole lot this year, but to get him with pick 144, wow. Because when Carson Wentz, after the first nine games, goes seven and two and throwing up all numbers and then completely falls apart, this guy might get some playing time at the end of the year. If you told me that Sam Howe started more games this year than Carson Wentz, I don't think I believe you right away, but a li- it wouldn't take too much convincing for me to get on your side. It wouldn't surprise you. You wouldn't expect it, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise you. Correct. Either, Correct. There you go. We'll, we'll um, see how that goes there because they, they got some weapons now. I mean, let, let me get that you. team. They've got weapons. It's not a, they're not a terribly um, put together team. They, they have, they have guys there, especially defense. That defense was picked to be maybe the best defense in the league last year preseason, yep. and they really crapped the bed. Yeah, they have the, their defensive front was – people were talking about this could be a game change. This could be one of the all-time great defensive fronts, and it nothing happened. No pressure, no play in the backfield, nothing. I got two names for you, two guys that were available when they took Brian Robinson. You ready? Go for it. Isaiah Spiller, Pierre Strong. Yeah, I'd have taken either of them there. Absolutely. Especially, especially Pierre Spiller. Strong. Especially Pierre, me, Spiller. Well, well, see, I'm thinking Strong because Sp- you get Spiller out there, he's good enough. He might take the job from Antonio Gibson. Pierre Strong, just as a spell back to, to you know, take a, a few series a game from Antonio Gibson, boy, that guy's electric. And if he's fresh all the time, Man, he he could find his way to the end zone on any carry. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a strange draft. As yep. long as Snyder owns them, this is going to all continue. There, as much as Ron Rivera is trying to turn things around, this team is dysfunctional, and he just needs to go. All right, for sure. All right, NFC North. We will go with Green Bay Packers. They took again another team that confused me with their first pick, linebacker from Georgia, Quay Walker. They took Devontae Wyatt another Georgia player with their second first round pick. Then they come in the, with the second round, they trade up, finally get the wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers has been begging for him. Christian Watson. We love him to death. They took a couple other wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Samori Torre with their very last pick. Um, 
for him. And they took a lot of guys uh, or a lot of offensive tackles, three offensive tackles, actually. And there was one uh, pick 179, South Carolina linebacker Kingsley Enningbear. And I actually think that was probably uh, he fell there. I think that's going to be a pretty good pick. It might be a, end up being a steal for them. But, um, man, besides Wyatt and Watson, they're the only two guys that I really liked um, that they took. Yeah, the Walker, we've discussed this at length, makes no sense. Doesn't make sense to us. Doesn't make sense to any experts out there in the world. NFL James, he just looks like says, a linebacker. He went early. What's he that? He looks like a de- – Nicobe Dean doesn't look like a linebacker, but he plays like one of the best linebackers in the world. Yeah. Quay Walker looks exactly like you want a linebacker to look, but I'm telling, I said this before I watched him on tape and I couldn't keep my eyes on him because everyone around him was so much more impressive. And we've talked about a lot of these Alabama defensive players, how much of what is there of what they've done and they've accomplished uh, sort of, you know, because of what was around them. He's, he's one. If I had to name one from that defense that went semi early, He's maybe my number one guy that he did this because of everything around him. He is just the beneficiary of one of the all time greatest teams that he, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but to make him your first pick at 22, I don't get it. Devontae Wyatt. Great. That's about where we went. Um, Watson glorious to get him there and finally give him what he wants. As long as he doesn't have the dropsies. Um, Sean Ryan, he's going to end up playing guard. He used to be a left tackle. He's going to play guard. Dow's had 20 TDs the last two seasons with Nevada. So I think they're expecting someone out of him, too. He's something they can really use. The rest of them, nothing too inspiring. There are a lot of guys that might make the team, might not, might play some special teams. Well, they they finally got Rodgers, a receiver, and they're trying to protect Rodgers, so. That's good. I'd still the Walker thing really throws me off there. B plus I gave him because of that Walker. Otherwise, I might have made that an A. I think this is one of their better drafts. I really do. Uh, well, I can't. I it, it. But think about where it would be just psychologically if they wouldn't have taken a receiver again or taken one late. They'd be getting a B minus, C plus something. Absolutely. Just because they, it's been such a need for so long. It might be an F because Rogers might have just went ahead and retired the next day. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, next up, the Vikings. They dropped 20 spots. They're supposed to pick 12. Instead, they drop all the way down in a flip-flop with the Lions. Uh, they, In my opinion, they got hosed. That being – and it's not even really an opinion. Um, Everybody thinks draft, that, right? As far the, as well, draft, the draft capital, trade, they got hosed. You're right. The, the, they, they, they got hosed. That being said, I thought they made two really good picks. Yes. Um, I like the Lewis Seen pick, the safety from Georgia. Gosh, I'm tired of saying Georgia already. And they also took the corner, Andrew Booth from Clemson. Both were huge needs for them. Uh, I like that they got him. They got uh, um, Ed Ingram, big old Ed Ingram, offensive guard from LSU. Uh, They took linebacker. One pick that I am interested in is running back Ty Chandler from North Carolina. It makes me wonder what the plans are for Alexander Madison because Madison's an unrestricted free agent next year. And it makes me think, you know what, they might be, they might just be shipping, uh, shipping Madison off and saying, you know, you've done some really great work for us and backing up Dalvin cook, but 
Ty Chandler's our, our new Madison. And Chandler can catch. Can. I, I think they're going to use him in some interesting ways. I think uh, to get him at a pick 169, I, I, I think that could be really pay off for them. I really do. Uh, as far as, you know, Lewis seems one of my favorite players in the whole draft. To get him at 32, absolutely loved it. Booth loved it at 42. We thought he might go higher. We might thought he might be around there. They still get Harrison Smith and Peterson to learn. Both of them are probably going to start right away. I I love Asimo. It's a little small, but I I think they had a good job. I gave him a B overall. Nothing past those first two that really I thought was amazing. But there are some, you know, these are some hit or miss guys. If they get a couple hits, this looks like a great draft. Well, the league was was higher on Booth than me, but I still thought that Booth should have gone probably before he did. Uh, But I will give the Vikings credit. They were 28th in passing yards allowed last year, and they spent five of their first picks, six picks on defense. So they knew – and offense, you know, you got Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. You had a lot less work to do there. I'll tell you what's intriguing as as far as uh, fantasy goes, Irv Smith, their tight end. Because they didn't add one, they didn't draft the tight end. Yeah. Well, they got they got Nick Muse late, but uh, I don't I don't think they're well, okay. going to necessarily expect him to be some go get him. He's going to go out there and. My apologies. Technically, they drafted a tight end, but when you're picked two twenty seven, the chances of you making it out of camp are very slim. Very slim, yes. They don't throw to the tight end a whole lot. I don't think it's going to be. They're they're more just. Well, red zone. I mean, outside of Adam Thielen, you know, they they like Kyle Rudolph there a lot for uh, for a few years. They did but, a while um, a while back. He had a few, but even then, I think he had one really good season. The rest, and I always consider just one of those middling little tight ends that you you tossed in your lineup when you needed them. Streamer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Streamer. So the Bears, the Chicago Bears, had eleven picks, uh, but to be honest, man, I, I'm not sure they did a lot with them. Uh, they did take cornerback Kyler Gordon, who who started opposite of Trent McDuffie in Washington, and safety Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. Both of those guys you'd seen mocked in the first round at times, uh, and they got them in the in the second round. They had two second round picks. A guy I'm hearing a lot, Bayless Jones, who was I think their third rounder or maybe fourth. I don't know he's pick seventy one, third round. <laughs> Okay, I keep well. I guess with compensatory picks and all that stuff, I keep hearing a lot of chatter about him. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not sure. I really even heard his name before this, and I studied like a hundred players, and I, I didn't hear his name much. And they're talking about, oh yeah, he's going to come in and be uh, the the wide receiver two on the team and return kicks and all that stuff. I mean, David Bell was there. They could have taken. He'd have been a big possession guy. You already have Darnell Mooney. He's a Darnell Mooney. He's a speedster. Jalen Tolbert was there. Calvin Austin was there. I mean, you have eleven picks here, right? They got what two starters? Yeah, the, Gordon and Brisker. I don't think anyone else in their draft is going to be a starter. Yeah, Bellis Jones. He's almost twenty-five as a rookie. He turns twenty-five right. in like September, or before right. that, actually. I think um, he's actually. Strong player. I somebody I talked about in one of our previous podcasts um, out of Tennessee, but not. I don't know. I think where he went there is not too crazy. But is there? Are there even five teams in the league with less overall talent than the Bears? 
Oh, no, they're bottom five for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're terrible. And then you've got this quarterback who just doesn't seem to have it, and you basically did nothing to help him out. Nothing. I, my, this whole this whole draft's mind-boggling. And, like, even just taking Gordon over Booth, that, that I didn't understand. I, I agree. I just – I can't get behind any of this. I gave them a C. I wanted to give them even less. But they have so many draft picks, I figure something in there has got to hit. Now, I will give them the fact that they did take, what, like four offensive linemen, uh, a tackle, a guard, center, another guard. Yes. That being said, they didn't take one to one, pick 168. Yeah. So those guys aren't going to come in and start right away. 168, 186, 207, 226. And it took a punter at the end, Trent Gill. Maybe that might be end up being the best pick they have. <laughs> it might be. I love punters, I, it's man. It's crazy. What, what's going on there? Who's who's running the show? You got me, man. You got me. Um, so Detroit Lions. Oh, we know who's run, we know who's running the show here is Dan Campbell. I I'll be honest, I think they had a really solid draft. Again, I mentioned this before. I don't like the huge trade up. Um, again, they they got a good deal for trading up. They kind of hosed Minnesota, but I don't like that they went twenty picks for Jamison Williams. I was listening to Greg Cassell today on a podcast, and he's like, "I've been doing a draft for forty years. I don't remember every single one of them, but I don't remember anyone jumping up twenty spots for a wide receiver, especially one you're not going to see uh, until October, November." I know we're not. I know we don't draft guys just for their rookie year, but <clears throat> Jamison Williams was what my fourth or fifth wide receiver I had in my rankings. Uh, I know I'm lower than him the most, but I just could have seen them do something better or maybe not jump up that many spots. If Jameson Williams was your guy, you probably had to do it. But in my opinion, um, that's not the move I would have made. In the third round, they took Josh Pascal, who I think is a very uh, underrated D lineman from Kentucky. I think he's going to be a good player. Same with Kirby Joseph, safety from Illinois. Um, not huge on the rest of their picks, but I think they got four quality players right there, all four of which could end up starting for them this year. So think about the Bears. We just talked about two starters, probably at best. Yeah, at best. And then the, the Lions come in and get those, get four probably, definitely three, probably four. And that's and with less picks, and I just think it was a, a solid draft for the for the Lions. I gave these guys an A minus for one reason, which I'll get to. Yeah. You get Hutchinson at two, which nobody in their right mind till about four days before the draft thought that was going to happen. You get the hometown boy, the guy you and I think should have went one. Boom. You know I'm much higher on James Williams than you. Yes, he's starting the season on pup. Yes, there's even an outside chance he won't play this year. But again, these guys aren't in win now mode. He he, Dan Campbell's not a dumb guy. They're going to compete right. a lot more this year. But does anybody, and even including him, and it's not, he's not going to tell his players, just really think they're going to win this division or make the playoffs? Nobody does. But they're going to compete more, and maybe in two years when he's back full. Pascal, boy, your number one need is defensive end. You get two of them right off the bat. Two guys that are contribute right away. Uh, tight end, they. We're looking at Mitchell. He's coming off a torn ACL. He'll come back. So I, I like I said, A minus for one reason only because I think this, this is just great. You're right. They gave us some draft capital, but well, you talk about addressing your needs. But what's yeah. 
a huge need for them. Quarterback of the future. All right. I'm not so going to say golf's terrible, but with right. these guys dropping as far as they did, I know. I know. Why couldn't they have taken one in the fifth round and said, you so, know what? We're gonna we're gonna roll the dice and see what happens with this guy. Why not? Why what would it have hurt? So I'm not going to I, I wasn't gonna bring this up, but I, I guess I should. I'm starting to think with at least maybe it's just a one-time deal, but I think that these guys looked at the, this, the NFL in general looked at these quarterbacks. They weren't enamored with really anyone. And they were like, you know what? If, if there's they, these guys, they, they, they don't wow us with their traits or whatever. If they don't have exactly what we're looking for, then we're, oh, we're going to stick with a guy that will just run our offense the way we want it to be run right now. Maybe that's drew lock in Seattle. Maybe that's Jared Goff. Maybe they're like, you know what? We can win a Super Bowl with Goff as long as he does everything we tell him to and we build this team up around it. If we run the ball 35 times a game and throw the ball to Monroe St. Brown and DJ Chark and Jamison Williams, maybe the end of the year, you know, 20 times total, but we can win ball games that way. That's the way we're going to do it. Like, I don't, I don't care about a, the quarterback position, which is odd to say. And even hearing it come out of my mouth sounds strange. But maybe that's the route they were taking this year. They weren't – no one was going to make that plunge with a quarterback that they weren't sure could run their offense. And, I mean, more hats off to the NFL teams if that's what they did. They didn't fall in that QB trap. Maybe, but, man, I, I just – I don't know. It's I'm hard looking. for me with, 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 say, Malik Willis falling to what? What did he go at? 88? 86? 86, uh, Something I think. like that. I've got it down here somewhere here. He went third round, 86. Detroit didn't even have a pick. They went from the second round, 46, to clear a third round, 97, because what they gave away. I mean, you couldn't put some together to move up just a little bit and take Malik Willis. Not that much, was it? Not that much. You know why? Everybody's down on him. Oh, we forgot to mention on part of their offense, Hawkinson as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and Correct. And um, I think Matt Corral went 90. Six to the Panthers. We'll talk yeah, about him in just a minute. Too, yeah. We'll talk um, about But what I'm saying is if they pick 97, Corral right before 94th, yeah. Corral went what three picks before that? Yes. Mm. Mm. So I'm saying why why not, you had to why know not Carolina hold the too. dice? I don't understand. I this would I would have given them a just straight up A. Maybe even okay. an A plus if they could have addressed that. Carolina did what you wanted Detroit to do because Carolina wasn't scheduled to be picked until like one of four. And right. they, they had to be thinking, you know, look, if D- Detroit might be doing this, so we're going to get them. Yeah. So they realized we're at the point here where we'd be fools to not do this deal. I, I, I think right. could have pulled that off, man. I think Detroit would have maybe the strongest draft in this whole thing outside of maybe the Jets or Ravens. Regardless, it was very solid. So Absolutely. Good, good for you, Detroit. Like, when you're talking yeah. to Dan Campbell, you said he's like perhaps a pig in slop or whatever it was you said. Right. He must have just been sitting there loving life, especially with that first pick. So, yeah, I, I thought this was great. For Detroit, maybe now we can finally turn a corner. Yeah, and another draft that I, I, I like, I actually like it more the more I look at it, is the Atlanta Falcons jumping over to the NFC South now. Only they start I give with- an A-. minus. They start pick eight overall. They take yep. Drake London. Then they follow it up 
Arnold Ebiketti uh, would pick 38 in the second round. Then they take Troy Anderson also in the second round, versatile linebacker from Montana State. Desmond Ritter, the second quarterback off the board, at pick 74. Then they go with an edge player, D'Angelo Malone, which very talented guy, that pick 82. And then they drop all the way to 151 and take Tyler Algier, who I think is pretty underrated uh, running back coming out of B. Coming out of BYU, he's, now, he's not. He doesn't wow you with anything, but he's always falling forward. He's patient. He's got good vision and balance, and he can pass, protect, and catch the ball. I mean, you pick, that is the perfect pairing with Cordero Patterson. It's perfect because Cordero Patterson's electric. He's on a zigzag run of the field, and then you got a dude that hand it off, and he can get you three and a half, four and a half yards every time, just falling up the middle for you. Uh, man, honestly, they got four guys in, that were in my top four at their position. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I said I gave him an A minus. I, I thought this was wonderful. And when, when it was happening, I was you and I both were like Drake London at eight, maybe. Uh, yeah, okay. But now it's, that I've really had a chance to yes. think about it and look at the grand scheme, I think it was absolutely freaking brilliant because they struggled so they struggled so much in the red zone last year. That's why Cordero Patterson became Cordero Patterson. They just had to come up with anything and everything that maybe would work that we, so we can actually score. That's why that whole strange thing he was doing, running from a di- million different places, different positions. That's why that even happened. So you got him. Evaketti, so underrated. So underrated. Yes. Troy Anderson, you and I are in love with. What can't this guy do, right? He might be – we said he might be playing linebacker, maybe playing quarterback, running back. He can play tight end a little bit. Maybe he'll return punts. Is there anything the guy can't do? Getting Ritter at 74. Again, perfect, a guy that some mocks had going at the very end of the first round. Mm-hmm. They got him at 74. We already perfect hit player. Algier. He's just to back up Mariota. A brute. Just bull people are going to be the next Mike Allstott, just knocking linebackers back on their butt as he falls on them in the end zone. I thought this mm-hmm. was great. And all of this – with Ridley out for the season and you address the wide receiver right away, imagine mm-hmm. if this draft class works out, Calvin really can get his demons, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. you want to call it together. The suspension for a year is a bunch of a load of crap, but that's besides point. I'm not going to get into that right now, but if he can get back the next year and this all worked, Oh boy, we could have one heck of a team. Turn around. Quick turn oh, real quick. So, this is, this is a question you're not going to know the answer to, but you want to take a stab at how many sacks the Atlanta Falcons had last year as a team? I guess I could take a stab. Uh, sure. 13. 18. They were still last in the NFL with 18. Pittsburgh had 55, and three players in the NFL had more sacks than the Falcons. Three individual players Tough to win had more like sacks that. than the entire team. But, right, but not only did they, get, did they draft good, solid players – but they took positions of need. Ebicady is was my third ranked pass rusher. I love that dude. And then D'Angelo um, Malone, oh, man, great, good job, Atlanta. Yeah, what, what can you say? I hope it works out. Um, for oh yeah, Carolina. They ended up only having six picks, but as the stars aligned for them, because they got Iki Aquanu, they had the choice of tackles. They took him at sixth, who, who was my best tackle in the draft. And then inexplicably, Matt Corral picked 94. Um, right. I know a lot of people like 
Brandon Smith, the linebacker for Penn State. Uh, pretty sure he's just – they liked him for he's an explosive, good athlete. And then Amari Barno, an edge from Virginia Tech. I know a lot of folks are pretty high on him. I don't think they expected him to fall as far as he did at pick 189. Uh, and then the last pick, Kalen Barnes. He's a corner from Baylor. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he ran a 4 2 3 40. So at worst, short yeah. this guy can return some kicks for you. He's the he set the all the combine record for defensive players that 4 2 3. Uh, Iquanu, great. I gave these guys a B minus. Corral getting him a 94. What value? We both said uh, a couple shows ago that we think if there's one of these those top five quarterbacks that might be the flame out, he's the guy that we picked, unfortunately. But if it works, 94. Out Carolina. You got him at 94. Who cares? I did. That's what I'm saying. It's worth it there. You take the risk. Yeah. You take him at 34. That might be a little silly. But you take him at 94. How did he drop that far? Smith. Yeah, he's a good. Barno. Have you seen what this man can do? Have you he's watched anything he can do? He I've is watched a, a little bit. Frightening individual. 246 pounds. You know what he ran? Tell me. 436. Oh, he was the fourth yes. guy. He was yes. the four three six guy. at two hundred forty six pounds. The dude can straight fly. If they can teach him a little technique, boy, that could be one of the steals of the draft at one eighty nine. So I yeah, gave oh, him a yeah. B minus. I what nothing that really they just didn't have enough picks. They had one pick in the first ninety three picks, so you can only get so much there. Yeah. Well, they also you know. Hey, Carolina, you got a tackle or a QB at six. You can pick one of them. You can't have both. Yeah. They got both. Yeah. They got both. Um, the Saints, I'm not a huge fan of their draft. Uh, they took Chris Alave at 11 overall after um, trading up. I'm not an Alave guy, although I will say I had mentioned the reason I'm not is because he's not a number one receiver in the NFL, I don't think, but he doesn't have to be. In, in New Orleans. It'd be a good compliment to Michael Thomas. They took Trevor Penning at 19, which obviously a huge player and a huge pick for them. Um, they had a big hole to fill figuratively and literally by losing Teron Armstead. So Penning will step right in and be the starting left tackle. Alante Taylor was a corner they took from Tennessee at 49 overall, probably a little early, uh, although he is a pretty solid player. Um, he'll definitely play on all the special teams. Um, he may need a little time before he's ready to start, but other than that, they only had what five picks and five picks total. So two two and a half starters. We'll see about Taylor. Yeah, because Jackson know. and Jackson are from Appalachian State and Air Force. Nothing against those schools, but you know, not exactly playing against big time talent. Alave, you and I both have nothing against him, but we also felt they could have just stayed put and still got him because. Although right. now every GM and his mother is coming out saying, oh, he's the most NFL ready of the whole thing. Well, they weren't saying that necessarily beforehand. But now all of a sudden, uh, right. to make the Saints look better, that's going out. The Penning thing, we I think we both love that. that. I mean, that's their, their two biggest things they need was to tackle and wide receiver, and they got them both. Uh, yeah. their, their biggest issue is what's going to happen at quarterback, I guess. Jameis will start. Who else is there? Somebody yeah. else is there now too, right? It, no, it's not going to be Taysom. I mean, no, it's James. Yeah, it's James. Um, see, they're another one. Could they not have done anything to try? Since his quarterbacks fell so far, there's no package they could have put together to take a chance on one of those guys. I just, I, I don't understand the logic behind it. Like I said, maybe they all, maybe everything we read leading up to the draft was just fluff. 
smoke because apparently they nobody liked these quarterbacks. They wouldn't have fallen so far. Right. I know. I'll tell you a draft that surprised me because I was honestly not a big fan of it. Uh, so I'm very interested to get your take. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, they traded out of the first round. Uh, so the first pick was, I think, the second. Maybe the other thing is the first pick of the second round. 33, they yeah. Logan, they had the first pick of the second yeah. round. They took Logan Hall, defensive uh, lineman from Houston. I love this guy. He's one of my favorites in the draft. And Dominican Sue's probably not coming back. So they definitely had a hole there. And, and like I said, I think he's going to be fantastic for them. After that, the only guy I'd really ring my bell for is tight end Kate Otten. Uh, he's pretty athletic. He's got good size. Gronk may come back. He may not, uh, but he can catch really well. Uh, but listen to his lineage, okay? Uh, I got this um, from NFL.com. So Kate Otten, Kate's grandfather, Sid, is the state of Washington's all-time leader in high school coaching wins. His father coaches at high school where Cade was a two-time state player of the year, okay? Or I'm sorry, the 2A state player of the year. Playing what position? Um, receiver, tight end, okay. something. But he also you only just hear tight ends being state players of the year. Yeah, we had 39 catches for 700 years, but he, but he also had 107 tackles. So ah, okay. he played both sides of the ball. Okay. Yeah. His, his uncle, Brad, played quarterback at USC, and his younger brother, Ryan, was offered a scholarship from Washington in 2020, and he's not even graduating until this year. I mean, that is – everyone in your family is balling out in one way or another. Yeah, impressive. I like this. Fun I little, gave them a B-plus. I gave these guys was a nice factoid. Well done, sir. I actually gave these guys a B plus. I didn't like it at first either, but they met some of the needs. They had Logan Hall there. Uh, a lot of people are calling it a reach, uh, not because he didn't fit there. They actually think he's going to fit their defensive scheme perfectly, but because it could have probably got him 20 spots later. He just wasn't expected to go quite that high. Good day. Who was it? Logan Hall. Oh, I don't know, man. I had I saw folks have him go in the first round. Oh, I'm just telling you, pretty, a, lot, a lot of stuff I'm reading, a lot of GMs said they thought they could have waited a little longer to get him. I don't know. Um, Decky, he'll be good. I actually like Rashad White. Yeah. They need a backup. Ronald Jones is going. They need something. Well, he's, probably, he's probably the number two because they absolutely hate uh, the dude from Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yes. They, they, they don't trust him. him. He, 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 he never has any idea what's going on. He obviously he just apparently can't understand the playbook. And two out of three plays, he's running the wrong play. Doesn't work, especially when Tom Brady's your quarterback. You oh, have one sure. chance, maybe, one chance to mess up. But once it's twice, bye-bye. Uh, so, I actually like that he's fast, breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, Zion McCollum, say, he's say, one of those underrated corners. Six foot uh, two, what's up? Did you say once it's twice? What? I might have. I'm saying he, you twice. get one. No, I, I right. I'm just talking fast. I might have said something crazy in there, but you know what I'm saying. I love it. Once one, it's twice. I love it. But once and then it's twice and then you're out. That's right. Fair enough. But back to Zion McCollum. He's another, he's an underrated corner. Some that I think could help them. Four, three, three, uh, 40 and six foot two inch. Apparently they are in love with the guy. So, uh, I don't know. I ended up giving them a B plus. I think they met the things they needed. And to be honest, they didn't need a lot. Sure. So, uh, I wonder if, I wonder if Tom Brady sits in, uh, sits in with them. They, if they sit down with him and say, all right, 
who do who do you want? Who do you want to take? But would Brady even know? There's no he studies these guys, but I guess he can tell them what positions they need and the, the traits he's yeah. looking for. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. today, you probably saw Leftwich came out and said they're not changing their offense even one iota. They're Why just, would they? Well, because they got a new head coach. But, you yeah, know, but a lot of times like head coach comes up through the ranks but still starts with, eh, we're going to do things my fair. way now. But Leftwich says nothing because we all know that the coach actually is still there. TB. Correct. <laughs> but he has no he has no real position. He doesn't even know what his position is. You see that quote he came out. He's like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Supervisor to the to the intent. Uh, he has no idea. Uh that guy, he is dreamy, isn't he? I love I love him. I love Me him. Me too. I don't All see right. anybody it, can't. It's the dude's got such a great personality. They just hate him because he wins all the time. And his principles, uh, he, I mean, he came out, he's, it's, this is a known fact and widely known, but he tells all his coaches, if you miss one of your kids band recitals or football games or soccer games, whatever, if you miss it because you're coaching for me, I'll fire you on the spot because your family's way more important than football. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't love that. All right. NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, they traded away their first-round pick for Marquise Brown and a third-round pick, which um, I know we had talked about the DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspension. They obviously probably knew that was coming and made that move because they desperately needed it. Without it, man, I don't that receiving core would be tough. Uh, their biggest need was probably corner, but they didn't even address the position until the seventh round. So right, immediately that guy might not make it through camp. Uh, but they did need pass rush help and drafted three pass rushers. And Trey McBride, who technically, I guess, was their first pick in the draft, right, in the second round, uh, he's probably the best tight end in the draft and will learn under one of the best tight ends that the NFL's had for the last 10 years in Zach Ertz. And it makes me wonder if with Hopkins out, because Trey McBride, at uh, although it was Colorado State, he, he lined up all over the field for them. I mean, he would line up sometimes – as the single receiver on one side of the field. So he can definitely catch a football run routes. He's very good um, as far as, as that goes. So it makes me wonder if they're going to run more two tight end sets, put him and Zach Ertz out there with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, out for the first six weeks. Uh, I'd be interested to see how that offense looks under uh, um, the Arizona with their offense. Yeah, a lot of uh, GMs are saying that is pretty much essentially what you're saying there. They think he they took a ride because Kingsbury is really looking to diversify the offense, the, running all kinds of different things and just doing different things, helping everybody out. I mean, you lost Kirk, you lost Hopkins for two games. They it's a it's a good offense, but they want it to be great. Uh, Cameron Thomas is solid. My J Sanders. Have you ever looked at my Jay Sanders. I like him a lot. One. He doesn't really look like a defensive end, though, does he? To me, he no. just looks like a big receiver. He is so long and lean, but, man, could he get off the ball. Which is good. Yo, I yeah, think that's he, what teams look for. It just looks now. so weird. This He just was one of those guys, just the way he's built. He just doesn't look like he's playing the right position, but he obviously is. So I think that could really be a great picket. He got, he got him at 100. Um, he kills me. Keontae Ingram, watch any tape on him. I know he's a guy that we didn't really talk about before. Have you watched any tape on him? I did not. Dude can catch. 
pass after pass. You name the route, he's running it. The dude takes off and he's going. He's got great moves. I think getting him at 201 because you lost Chase Edmonds. Right. And, and does anybody really trust, you know, our boy from Pittsburgh then? I don't, I don't really trust him. So, and then I said corner Valdosta State. I hope it works out for them. I gave these guys an A minus one because they got Hollywood, even though as a Ravens fan, I'm glad he's going because he's got the dropsy sometimes. But they didn't even have a pick till 55. You, you, know, you realize if Marquis, if they would have made that trade and they let's just pretend they didn't draft their wide receiver with that first round pick, I think AJ Green's their number one receiver. Yeah, that's 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 horrible. That's great. Seven years ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so awesome. yeah, all that you factored that in a minus because you got him and you didn't even have a pick till fifty five and you had five of your eight picks were in the two hundreds. Yeah. And you still were able to to meet some of the things you needed, like I said, corner. We don't know if that's going to work out, but I don't, I don't think. And it's weird when, when I'm researching this. Everybody either has them at A or D. Like there are people that hate this draft. Nothing in between. It's it's all complete hit or it was a complete complete miss. More hit than miss. But I was really surprised. Reed. I don't know that any other team I've looked through had more people just 180 degrees apart as far as their their what they rated them. It's interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. What what would you think? Did you think it's a pretty good overall draft or not? I thought it was in the middle. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really grade drafts, but uh, no, I'm not uh, saying you have to give it a grade. But do you think it was? Yeah, I'm not. Do you think it, I'm not as I'm not as high as you. I'm not as low as those other folks giving them a D. Gotcha. Uh, the Rams. The first thing I thought of when I looked at their draft was, who cares? Because the the Rams they certainly the draft. Don't. <laughs> they yeah they don't they don't care. So why should I? They did address some needs. They doubled up on corners. They grabbed the offensive guard Logan Bruss. At first, I was curious about the Kyron Williams pick. I didn't think it made a lot of sense to me, the running back from Notre Dame. But Daryl Henderson, he's an unrestricted free agent next year. And Williams kind of reminds me of, let's call it a poor man's Cam Akers. He's smaller. He's slower. But Cam Akers can do it all, and so can Kyron Williams. Now, Kyron's obviously not on Cam Akers' level, but I think they – I don't think you'd have to change their offense up too much if Akers went out and Kyron Williams had to had to step in. To get him at 164, steal. Yeah. Because I mean I you were so. really high on him. Didn't you have his like your number five back? Fifth. Fifth. Yep. Yeah. And it was because of his versatility. Just I thought again, he can catch makers. I think it's a great. I think it's awesome. Um, Darian Kendrick at corner from Georgia. You know, a couple of years ago when he was at Clemson, there was talk that when he eventually came out, he might be a first rounder. Then he transferred to Georgia, is uninspiring, and goes at 212, but not bad. Logan Bruss. So you, I, look, I saw some of the research or during research, some things. They haven't had a first-round pick for six years, which I think you might have mentioned before. I think it's seven now. I th- well, may, okay. I think I this was seven. Maybe. This was, okay, maybe. Well, either way, six, seven, it's still crazy. Yeah, but They're also sure. – do you know the very last yes. team in the NFL? Did you see this one? That didn't have a pick in the top 100 of a draft. Can you name that team? In year? Oh, no, I, I did not see this. 2008 one, one thing I... Cleveland Browns were the last team 
to not have a single pick in the top 100 the, 14 years the one, ago. So the one thing I did see, though, was even with the lack of draft picks, I think it was something along the lines, I don't remember the wording exactly, but the Rams have the most players on their roster that they drafted, something like that. It was crazy because the Rams don't pick very often, but when they do pick, the players usually turn out to be at least solid and make the team and stay with the team for several years. Huh, not like Green Bay does in, in Pittsburgh. Correct. Correct. I mean, so I gave him a C plus, honestly. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy, but I really like the Kyron Williams. I think that's going to turn out to be brilliant. If he stays on the field, I think it's going to be great. Sure. I know I do too. A draft that I did not like was the San Francisco 49ers. The terrible. Uh, yeah, they were my least favorite draft. All right, good. So we're seeing the same thing here. I had Drake a C Jackson. minus at one point, but I look more and more and more at some of this, and I'm like, okay, I'll take the minus yes. off, but it's still a C. So the more I looked at the Falcons draft, the more I liked it. The more I looked at San Francisco, the less I liked it. Drake Jackson, Edge from USC with their first pick at 61 overall. I think that's I think that's a solid pick. I love it. And then it. It, yep. it immediately goes off the rails. Their very next pick, it picked 93. They took Davis Price, a running back from LSU. Uh, I have written on here, WTF, question mark, yes, question okay. mark, question right. mark. Why not, why not Kobe Bryant? The the nation, he got the National Award for best defensive back in the country you know, this year. I don't understand right? that either. I'd love to know what the criteria I agree. is. I know, I know, I know. Right. Regardless, he's no, he's no bum. Why right. not take him? Cornerback, in my opinion, was one of their biggest needs. And if you wanted to go running back, why not the two dudes we already talked about, Isaiah Spiller or Pierre Strong? They're both there. Yeah. And, th- and then they took a wide receiver, Danny Gray from SMU. The dude's fast, runs a 4-3-3, but he's small, not real strong. If you wanted a dude like that, I love Calvin Austin. He was still there. Why didn't you take him? I have a lot of questions. I do too, but I, I watched some film actually today on Danny Gray. The dude can play. He 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 plays bigger than he is. He's six foot, but man, is he fast. So he gets the ball, you better be ready because he might be going by you in a flash. But you're would right. Would you take him over Calvin Austin? No, I would not. The the TDP thing, that's the big one. You already just run out any given no name running back any week. Why are you taking one with your second pick of the draft who likely will have 60 carries on the season? I, I can't, I can't understand it at all. You have all these names down through here. There were people that I, I don't know that anybody expected them necessarily to get dressed. Like uh, one, one of the GMs I saw his critique of them was this is the all UDFA team. Like these guys, like their last four three, four picks were guys that weren't even projected to be picked at all. Maybe they want them that bad, didn't want to take the chance of not getting a UDFA. Mind boggling. I think getting Drake Jackson, that first one, is the only reason I gave him the C and not the C minus because he could be a game changer. So our last team, Seattle. So I'm I'm actually going to run through all of their picks. There were nine of them. So they started off nine, number nine overall. They took tackle Charles Cross. Second round, they had back-to-back picks, 40-41. They took edge rusher Boye Mafe, who I liked. Kenneth Walker with their next pick was my 
favorite running back in the draft. They take Abraham Lucas, who was a tackle with their pick 72. Then they take Kobe Bryant, the corner we were just talking about, comes back and take another corner, Tariq Woolen, huge six foot four. Um, and that dude can fly. Yes, four two six at six four. It's unreal. Never happened before. Then they take Ohio State edge Tyreek Smith, Rutgers wide receiver Bo Melton, and they followed up with another wide receiver with their last pick at two thirty three in Derek Young from small school Lenore Ryan. The reason I read through all of them is because I can't study every single player. I mean, I have a real job, and you know, this is something I do on the side for fun. I probably study a hundred different players, obviously the top 60 more in depth, but I can tell you that I have at least heard or read some about every single player that they drafted. Uh, and I, I think that says something because when we're talking, they picked, was it their last, it was 233. And I, I'm, I still know something about all of these players. I mean, I think that's great. They went out, they finally addressed. I feel like for years and years and years, we've been preaching. You Seattle needs offensive line help. Seattle, Russell Wilson's running for his life. They took both of their tackles, their left tackle and their right tackle. Their offensive line is ready to go. Mafe is awesome off the edge. Another huge need that they had that they had. Walker didn't make a lot of sense until we're we're hearing now. Look, Chris yeah. Carson may never play football again. Might not. Okay. I mean, Rashad Penny, that's fine. Nobody wants to have one running back. So, all right, you get Kenneth Walker, in my opinion, best running back in the draft. You want to run the football. You didn't draft the quarterback. Drew Locke is not the answer. I don't care what Pete Carroll's saying. So, okay. Then they, what's another need? Cornerback. What kind of corners do you like? We like big corners. We like long corners. All right. Well, do they going to get bigger or longer than Tariq Woolen? Now, he's very raw. He's very tight. He looked terrible in drills at the combine, um, but he's got the tools, right? He's got, he's got the athleticism. They were 31st in passing yards allowed. And they go and they grab them cornerbacks, man. I, I really enjoyed their draft. I thought it was, very well done. Very smart. I wanted to give them an A minus, but I gave them a B for one reason and one reason only. And what is it? They didn't address the quarterback position. I, I, I again, you had you could have put together any kind of package you wanted with this, and got Malik Willis. Yeah, yeah. I, I love you, yeah, Cross and Lucas starters day one. You got your two bookends oh. for the next seven, eight, maybe ten years, right off the bat. Mafe, we talked about him before. He's just uh, just so fun to watch. The Walker thing, we texted when they first took him. What? Why? Why? But, yes. Makes a little more sense now. Like we talked last week, obviously these teams know more about themselves than we do. And we don't get all the information. So, at the time, it just seemed like, okay, let's just draft a bunch of backs. That's what we'll do. But it turns out it might be brilliant because, right, Carson might never play again. And if he does – is he going to be the same player knowing the next hit might be the one that I know, ends it, paralyzes like ends his career? Him? We don't yeah, want that. Scary. But, I mean, how, how, do, how do you play football at the highest level not knowing if your next hit is the one that ends you? Yes. And it puts you in a wheelchair for life. So, I don't know where that's going. Yeah, Brian Woolen, great. This is great. Bo Melton, fast as can be. He'll be probably returning kicks. So I, I, I wanted, but I actually wrote on here that they passed three times on Willis and I it's either that or just so, do any, put any of these things together to get him, but you couldn't find some way to get him before pick 86. Instead, you, you're continuing. Do, we talked to all this about this too. Do these coaches really believe the crap they're spewing at us? 
Pete Carroll scenario. We're so happy with Drew. Like, well, this is wonderful. No what way. a great situation. We're in. We don't believe it for a second. Quit selling it because we're not buying it. But then but you, you know, do this. Maybe he really believes his own crap. You know what Drew Locke can do? Nothing. He can, he can, <laughs> he can, throw, he can throw it deep to DK Metcalf. He can throw it deep to Tyler Lockett, and he can hand it off. That's all they're going to do. It's either going to be well, a run or a play-action deep ball. That's we'll, it. We'll see how, that, how well that goes because when you know what play's coming, it's not too hard to, to stop. And are both those receivers still even going to be there at the start of the season? Because I'm not convinced they are. I'm still not. I'm not convinced they'll that. both be there. If I had to put money down, I'd say they will, but I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them okay. got traded. Well, but still, be this it. Drew Locke thing is ridiculous. I know. It, it, what? You got anything else before we head out of here? This is a team that I think could compete in this division, but not with Drew Locke. This is a tough division. Baker, maybe they'll get Baker. They keep saying they don't want him. Everybody keeps saying they don't want Cleveland really pulled a, pulled a number on, on him. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> That'll be for another show, though. <laughs> That's that's an interesting situation. No, they, I don't remember they any situation basically like that. soured the whole league on this guy. One one second he's doing commercials left and right. Next second he's freaking cancer. Nobody wants to touch him. Yeah, we don't want a baby to be our quarterback. Yo, who says? Why would you say that? Especially if you want to trade him. Exactly. You're sitting here destroying his own value weekly. Weekly, I you mean, do, you dig deeper and then wonder why nobody a, wants him. That's a serious shot in the foot. It's crazy to me. So, yeah, next right, week man. we'll get to the AFC, which I think overall has yes. the – the if you if we could grade the two conferences, I think the AFC blew the NFC out of the water. Well, we will get to that seven days from today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and YouTube so you can be the first each week to get your bell rung. He's Kevin Reynolds. I'm Bobby Wall. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you, everybody.